0: RP3 is ready to step his game up and grab the mic for the latest edition of the Rap Game Podcast. Here is Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. We've entered phase one of the COVID-19 pandemic, starting to get Back to some sense of normalcy in our lives. And that means the return of the Rap Game Podcast. I'm your host, Raymond the third, better known as RP3. And I'm joined on this episode of the Rap Game Podcast by my good friend, my former broadcast partner for Lafayette High Football Games, the pride of Port Berry, the legend of LSUE i mean i there's so many monikers i can apply to you it's the one and only chad jones the real chad jones i prefer cj2 <laughs> cj2 is joining us here on the RAV game podcast i love that cj2 yeah i, I want to start off with the fact that how many times last year when we were doing games and we were introducing ourselves to coaches or to fans or to parents. And I would introduce myself. And, of course, I'm Raymond Parch. And they're like, oh, who who cares or whatever. You, you got, you're, you're not from around here. That, that name doesn't belong in South Louisiana. And then I'd turn to them. i go, yes, this is my broadcast partner, Chad Jones. And they'd look at you and they'd go, you you'd see, you'd see them processing. They're like, is he that Chad Jones? Is he the former LSU star? And then you tell them that you went to LSU, and they get really excited then. They're like, oh, you're that Chad Jones. And then you have to disappoint them. But then you win them over with your personality,
1: brother. You know, it was like the commercial with the Michael Jordan sign, right? Where you arrive at the airport, and you see Michael Jordan sign, and you're like, oh, my goodness, Michael Jordan is coming through the airport. And then I walk out. (laughs) No, I wasn't the one that hit the home runs. No, no.
0: Not the one that hit the home run, but still, we love him, and that's why he's here. All right, man, look, I wanted to make sure to get the podcast back up and rolling after COVID-19. wanted to do it with you, my friend, my brother from another mother, because I knew we'd have fun, and we're going to hit on a ton of different topics, not only about Chad being mistaken for the other Chad Jones and taking full advantage of that. We ain't going to talk about what he does on the night. You know, and during the nightlife, when he says that he's Chad Jones, he just so happens to wear purple and gold colors when he goes out. We ain't going to talk about that. That's for a different podcast. But let's talk about you and I became fast friends last year doing Lafayette High ball games, football games on the Rewind 97.7 FM. And we both love high school football. We both reported on high school football. You played high school football. I've watched high school football. So we can give some perspective there. So let, let, let's start off there, man. Are you worried at all, be honest, are you worried at all that we're not going to have high school football or the season will be pushed back or there will be no fans allowed in the stands here in Acadiana? What, what, what are you feeling as a guy who played the game, who's covered the game?
1: Well, to start off with, RP3 gave me a great opportunity. So I have to start off with thanking RP3 and without doubt, a shout out to Matt LeBlanc, Matt LeBlanc, he loves high school football, by yes, the way. Yes, he does. Yes, yeah. He does. yeah. So, But in, re- in regards to your question, I read the other day, and, and I know you keep up with all this stuff, the executive director, I think his last name is Bonine or something. That's like right, that. Eddie Bonine. Eddie, oh, you said that. I'm not going to get into how he said that. but <laughs> He's not going to get into how I said it, he said that. Yeah, I, I'm not going to get it. But Bonin sent out a mafia-style type letter to everybody – who was not considering his order, which was he's moving the season back as far as summer workouts to June 8th. That is my understanding. And he said, if you do not obey my summer order, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to be suspended. You're going to be fined. He was talking about suspending coaches, programs. The point of saying all of that, I don't know what's going to happen at this point. Things are so Moving in flux, Raymond. It's a very fluid situation. It's a very in. fluid situation. If you ask, you put a gun to my head and say, what's going to happen with high school football? It's going to happen. But in what format and when? Just like the people who are listening to this, I don't know. It's really up in there.
0: I don't have any idea either. And I, I, it's such a fluid situation. Now, Eddie having a strong worded, you know memo to coaches and schools not surprised by that this is what he's done since he's been here kind of kind of a, a hard stance draws a line in the sand you know look he comes from las vegas he was this oh, held the thanks. same role there so there you go okay okay so that's that that explains that explains a lot but if we do have games and i feel like we will and, and it may be being forced to have to practice social distancing with fans in the stands It it may look different, it may feel different, but I do believe, I firmly believe that we're going to have high school football here in Arcadiana. And for us, that's a huge plus because there's so many great athletes that are coming back for the 2020 season and so many just absolute studs, guys that are college prospects. I've talked about it on my show this week, Chad. Rivals.com released its latest top 40 for the state of Louisiana. Seven kids from Acadiana made the top 40. Oh, wow. Okay, seven, seven. So there's going to be plenty of guys that are on there. Tops on that list for rivals is the young man from LCA, Sage Ryan, cornerback. He's got the big-time offers, LSU, Alabama, Florida State. You, You name it, he's got it. LCA has been an absolute powerhouse. I see... No scenario where that's going to change in 2020. I just don't.
1: No, and, and you you and I watched that Acadiana High Championship team in person. and
0: So good. So, so dominant. Good
1: and, and, and people never gave credit to the defense, I felt. Don't get me wrong. I understand the offense is where their bread was buttered. But what's the guy's name? Is it Tails Figaro? I think is his name. He's a defensive I think he's one of the best defensive players in the state of Louisiana. He made all state. He was on that defensive line that didn't give up anything. And we saw them against Lafayette high, just some studs on defense. And I tell you what, he's a great player. And you mentioned the young kid at LCA. Hey, what about St. Thomas more? They got a wide receiver. This Bash kid, this guy's legit, dude. Jack
0: Besh, he also helped the Cougars win a state championship in basketball. He came up with a huge play down the stretch for one of the final games that we had in the high school season that was played before everything was shut down. Now, he's already committed to Vandy. Uh, He has offers from several other schools, but he went ahead and gave a hard verbal commitment to Vanderbilt. He's number 10 on the rival's top 40 list. He's just one of three wide receivers in the area that you need to keep uh, kind of a spotlight on. I want to mention two other guys. We saw one of them in person. I've seen the other one play as well. Malik Neighbors has offers everywhere. He's a four-star recruit. He's in the top ten. He's one of the three players from Acadiana that's in the top ten. And Malik can straight out ball. There's been some people that think that he can play on both sides of the football, that uh, college teams are looking at him as a possible defensive back, cornerback, while also possibly playing wide receiver. He's that good. He's that diverse. He has offers left and right. And Como could be a dangerous team. Now, do they have enough playmakers to go along with Malik Neighbors to make an impact and to make a deep playoff run in 2020? I do not know that right now. But I know they have Malik Neighbors who may be, if not the best prospect in the area, at least one of the top
1: three. Without a doubt. Malik Neighbors made a play against Lafayette High. You mentioned we covered Lafayette High. Folks, it was a hitch route. They hit him on a five-yard hitch route. He breaks the tackle. The safety has an angle on him, and you remember that. He pulled away from the safety with an angle. Track like speed. He runs track. I think he may be even a 400-meter champion in track or something of that nature. So you're right. Athletes that can run the 400. I'm telling you, I ran the 400. Those are some of your best athletes plug. That, ladies and gentlemen, is (laughs) called a flex. That's what the kids call a flex these days, by the way. That's what Chad Jones just did. Continue. And so Malik Neighbors is one of the best athletes on the field. He can play both sides of the ball. And there's another wide receiver for Como that no one talks about And he has the last name Hilaire. I don't know if they're related. I don't know if you remember that kid. The Hilaire kid from Como is not talked about a lot. That kid has some talent. That has a ton of talent.
0: We'll see if Como can take the next step. They've been building something. They've been more competitive. They've had a winning record. They've made the postseason. Let's see if they can put together a run in 2020. And oddly about Malik, number eight overall prospect in the state from rivals, four-star, he has offers from Arizona, Arkansas, Auburn, Georgia. Okay, uh, obviously a lot of the uh, a lot of the state schools: Michigan, Michigan State, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Oregon, except for LSU in Alabama. Now, I've been told that both of those programs are interested in Malik Neighbors. Those offers just haven't come yet. Maybe that's a product of COVID. We'll wait to see. The other young man that I want to talk about: wide receiver. I've had him on the show before. Keon Coleman, Oplus' Catholic, doesn't get as much love as it should. Hopefully that'll be changing in the fall. Six foot four, 188 pounds. Rivals has him as a three star. 247 has him as a four star. He holds offers Arizona, Ark State, Ole Miss, Michigan, Miami, Florida State, across the board, South Carolina. He released his top six. Michigan State made the list because they're offering him to play both football and basketball because he's a star in both. New coaching staff up there at Michigan State for the football program. You still have Tom Izzo on the hardwood. He's released his top six. Michigan State, South Carolina in the mix there. I don't know if South Carolina is offering him to play both sports, if Muschamp's going to let him play football, and, of course, Frank Martin. A grizzled coach, if there ever was one, is going to let him play basketball. But watch out for Keon Coleman. This kid is special.
1: And look, Keon Coleman, he is just another freak athlete. I think he's actually better in basketball than he is in football. It's possible. And if he can play with a legend like Tom Izzo, that is very attractive. Now, he's a Louisiana boy. I don't know if he wants to go up to the north of Michigan. I'm just telling you. He... You might not think that's a factor, and I've never talked to him about that. I've met him before, but I'm telling you, as a Louisiana boy from Opelousas, he might not want to go to Michigan. It's funny that you bring that up because I interviewed Johnny Hector a
0: couple years ago, former niche legend, who would play 10 years in the NFL for the New York Jets at running back and played at Texas A&M, and he was one of the best prospects in the state and in, in the country. Ohio State was recruiting him. Notre Dame, they were recruiting him. Hi, he said he made one trip up there. He's like, nope. He's like, ah, nope. This, kid, no. this, this, this guy from New Iberia, no, I am not playing up in the cold. I am not playing at Ohio State. And yeah, he was like, I'm not playing in, in, at Notre Dame.
1: I was, I'm going to stay south. Louisiana boys, and Raymond, he knows about the cold. Louisiana boys are not people who want to go to the cold. That's all I'm telling you. That's just the way it is. Now, Raymond, I got to ask you, in – relationship to all these players, who would you think is the best quarterback that we saw? It's the kid from Southside High. Dual. Dylan, threat. The other Dylan Monette.
0: The other Dylan Monette. And that kid is special. I mean he he is it was only his first year of varsity football because obviously last year was Southside's first year of varsity football. They had a winning season. Uh, they beat Lafayette High. We were on the call for that game. They they advanced and got to the playoffs. If he can take his next step, which is, is, is always the case in these scenarios, is he going to have the opportunity to compete in 7-on-7? Seven seven? Are they even going to have 7-on-7 seven seven due to COVID-19? Is that going to hurt his development? But you just talk about a kid that can make plays, wow. I mean, he may be the best quarterback coming back here in the entire Acadiana area. And that's the other Dylan Monette for Southside High
1: Sharks. Dylan Monette made second team all district this past year. Number one player for the district. It was not a Katie Anna High's quarterback either. It was the Kyle Bartley kid.
0: Some Sam Houston. That's right. We that kid, saw him. Oh, that kid can sling it too.
1: The Bartley kid can. Oh, sl- he, can sl- he can sling it. it. Yeah. We saw him in person as well, of course. But Dylan Monette, I think, is going to come back with th- in this season with a chip on his shoulder. Because he's legit. And remember, Southside and Como has a a growing rivalry. Because Dylan Monette was at Como. And he yep. went to Southside. And we you covered that. And so that's going to be a growing upcoming rivalry in Acadiana, folks. You can look out for that. And look, I, I hate to say it like this, but it's
0: going to be the usual suspects again. Uh, of the teams that are going to be competing for, state championships. It's going to be the Acadiana High Reckon Rams. It's going to be your STM Cougars. It's going to be your Notre Dame Fighting Pios. It's going to be the LCA Knights. Those have been the four most consistent dominant teams in the last five years. I don't see that changing this coming season. Now, we're going to have teams that are going to be surprises, and we're going to have teams that may be building on something, could take that next next step, could make a playoff run, could make a run to the Dome. Jennings could be one of those teams there. I know they're on the fringe, but still, they're part of the area. Could... Kaplan make a run with the amount of talent that they have coming back? All possibilities, but look, it's, it's the big four for me. They're going to be, once again, in the mix
1: for making a run. We had, of course, nine state champions. Out of the nine state champions, only three of them were undefeated, Raymond. And Acadiana High was one of them. That's correct. Then you had the talent, talent-laden St. James team. I think they had five or six D1 prospects on that team. And then, of course, you had Rummel. Rummel was undefeated. They beat Catholic in the championship game. But to me, this leads into another thing: who's going to win district? And Raymond, I brought something for you.
0: Oh, oh,
1: oh. oh Is this homework? It's or- homework.
0: <laughs> I know you work in the educational system, but my man, we're almost summertime. Memorial Day's going to be here pretty soon. You bringing me homework,
1: <laughs> Raymond? District three, this is the last year of this new plan. Of course, the plan is always for two years. We don't know what the future is going to hold as far as districts, but you have that eight-team district in three five a. You've already told me Katie Anna's going to win it. That is your champion team for three five a. I'm we'll gonna put you on the spot. Who would be your second place team? I don't know
0: what Sam has coming back, but their offense was lights out. Barb was good last year, but not great. And I don't know if they're as strong as they've been in years past. Como, who's gonna play quarterback? That's the big question mark for them, right? They lost a the kid, uh, the the uh, talented athlete. Oh yes, he's he's gone. Could it be Southside? I don't know. You know Who's going to fight for number two? But I'd have to say probably Sam Houston. Good pick.
1: Very good pick. If I had to go with second place, I'd go with Sam Houston. I don't know if they can make the jump, but they have Dylan Monette. It's a possibility he could make the jump to where they would come out second. Oh,
0: Uh, we're going to 4A now.
1: We're going to 4A because that's the only district in Acadiana in 5A. This is your district. 4-4-A, you have Eunice, LaGrange, North Vermilion, Rain, Washington, Marion. The winner of that district last year was Eunice High. What do you see for two Two
0: years removed from a state championship as well. Uh, it, it would have to be, it's not going to be LaGrange uh, or LaGrange or however they want to say it. Uh, if they want to say it like ZZ Top or they don't, I, it doesn't matter to me. They're not going to win the district 4-4-A. It's just not going to happen, man. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I like Eunice there. Maybe North Vermilion. Could but you know rain's always sneaky and rain always has good athletes. Yes, and they always have good players and they seem to be able to coach them up. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's rain that competes with Eunice in District Four Four A uh, there. But let's go to District Five Four A because that's our the 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 complete Acadiana District: Karen Crow, Northside, Saint Thomas Moore, Turlings, Westgate. Ooh. Westgate still has athletes. I know they lose the young man who's at LSU or Blue will be talent. at LSU. They, they lose Kayshawn, but they still have talent. Turlings took a step in the right direction last year. I could see them pushing STM. Karen Crow, you
1: know, they had a good year last year. but They have a kid. running back, that kid. Oh, man, I think a Williams is his last name or something on that nature. He made all district, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Don't be surprised if you see it like it is usually, where they they have a three-way tie mm-hmm. for the district championship. Uh, usually STM will lose a game during the regular season to either Karen Crow or sometimes Turling or Westgate. That's happened in recent years, but you'd have to pick the defending cha- state champs as your front runner there in District Five Four Eight. But don't but don't be surprised if Karen Crow Turling and Westgate pushes them. That's how I always feel about that. District Six. I feel like it's Bro Bridge. I, I, Bo Boshan has a great prospect, an offensive lineman yep. who's getting offers. They they're starting to get a little bit more talent there. Cecilia was down last year. I don't expect to see them play that way again. Opelousas has some talent, but it's Bro Bridge, it, it, and and it's Brobridge because they they have the playmakers, they have the talent, and they have the coaching staff. So I like them in six four a myself. Folks, go put your money down. Listen oh, to my- <laughs> there it is. Don't put your money down. Don't be traveling to Mississippi to the boats to based on this podcast. Please, do not do that.
1: Okay, let's go a little. It's not really Acadiana, but we got to give some love if you have a Acadiana team in it. So we got Jennings, Jennings yep. in that District 4-3-A.
0: I like them. They have a stud who already has. Uh, Keenan Landry he has an offer from LSU and Texas AM and defensive tackle. They have the they and the have brother
1: the, of uh the kid that played at Clemson. uh
0: Oh yeah, they have uh, uh atn atn's little brother. Yeah, he'll be a senior too. So they they're gonna be stacked. I like Jennings out of that district five three a Church Point Mamou Northwest Pine Prairie Ville Platte. It's still it's still Church Point. It's just. They're the most consistent of what they do. They run the same offense. They run the same defense year after year. It's Church Point for me. I'm sorry.
1: And guess who's over there? You broke this to me.
0: Oh, that's right. They added a new member to their coaching staff, a man that we're very familiar with. The former head coach of the Lafayette High, Mighty Lions, is now on the coaching staff at Church Point.
1: So Rob Poole is going to bring his defensive mindset because that's his thing. Rob is all about defense, and we want to congratulate Coach Poole on that new hire uh we we've talked to coach Poole many times and and look we wish him luck over there at church point so we're gonna go with the battling bears battling bears district 63a
0: crowley abbyville erath Kaplan, saint martinville and david thibodeau but they don't take they don't play football Kaplan is so you know that, good before you say something
1: that was a three-way tie last year. It I was. want to remind you because and Vince knows you know how Raymond to coach at I, St. Martinville. We went to Kaplan. We were recruited to go to Kaplan. <laughs> we were recruited.
0: We were recruited to yes, do the games. Yes, we did. We did Kaplan's uh, two first two playoff games, and uh, had a memorable uh, road trip to a lovely northeast Louisiana. <laughs> In addition to that, it was like a quest to find food, man. It was like, a, it was a journey. I was like, what are we doing? Um, I was like, where's the stadium at? But Kaplan is obviously the cream of the crop, but I like Kaplan, and I like St. Martinville. Vince knows how to coach his guys up at St. Martinville. This will be their second year playing in 3A now after dropping down. They'll be a little bit better suited for that. Some guys got great experience last year, which was kind of a transition year from the great run to the state quarterfinals they had the previous year. But don't sleep on Erath
1: either. Don't sleep on Crowley. Don't sleep on Crowley. Crowley has a legit athlete on their team. Plus, and they're back. called the Gents, which is awesome. <laughs> which gents. is awesome.
0: My The most exciting high school football game I ever covered, Cecilia Crowley, regular season game. It was like a video game. Raymond Calais, yep. who went to UL and is now back playing and forth. For I remember Tampa that Bucks. game. Tampa Bay It's Just back and forth. It was an incredible game. And right, they're the Gents. The, and they're the Gents. Okay, I'd love bro. that.
1: We're almost done. Now we got to do District Six Two A.
0: Well, it's it's LCA and it's Notre Dame. No offense to your alma mater. They took a step in the right direction last year. The Devils, poor Barry. They did. They took a step in the right direction. They'd been down for multiple years. They made the playoffs. They made the playoffs. They were far more competitive than they'd been in years past. I'd like to see what they can continue to do. But you look at this district: LCA, Notre Dame, Welsh. Woof! Oof. Just woof! 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 All three of those. Are playing for state championships. Usually, one of them every single year yep. for as far back as I can remember. Once again, it's going to be a dogfight in six to a LCA Notre Dame and the Greyhounds over at Welsh Portbury. Though, like to see them continue to build on that playoff success from last year.
1: Okay, let's move on to one A and in one A, probably about the closest thing that we have. Basil. I was getting ready to say is Basil, and of course we have. That's District 4-1-A. It's it's 18 district, a big district. Oberlin was the powerhouse team last year in that district. They made it out And
0: Oberlin has a great tradition. Has of always been always, always been a good
1: I'm going to go out, because I love my people. I'm going to go out with Basile or Elton.
0: Elton. <laughs> Basil, I, Elton. I thought you were going to be bold and go with the Duck Festival, capital of the world, Gaidon, or Gaiden. <laughs> Ga- Gaidon. 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 Thank you. Chad Jones, ladies and gentlemen, helping Gaidon. me still pronounce... Names And it was a struggle last year on the broadcast. Let's just be real for a second. That was a, but let's go over to 5-1-A. Opelousa's Catholic Sacred Heart, Westminster Christian Academy, St. Ed's, a lot of local flavor, and then there's Catholic Point Capi, which is kind of an odd, but they don't know what to do with Catholic Point Capi as a 1-A school where they're at, so right. they're in this district. I like Opelousa's Catholic. They were a contender to win the state championship last year. They were surprisingly eliminated early. In the bracket by Catholic, which did go to the dome, which did go to the dome. So, I think it's going to be your two cat. I think you know, there are there, most of them are Catholic schools and they're sacred hearts of Catholic well, I school. It, I call
1: it the Christian district, <laughs>
0: the Christian district. I like that, <laughs> but yeah, I can see OC or Catholic point compete there.
1: Okay, so at this point,
0: and don't forget about 81A. Give them love. Centerville, oh, 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 I'm so- Hanson Memorial, and Highland Baptist, and VC. We almost P- forgot folks, about He used to work in New Iberia. Oh, <laughs> trust me. I know if I if I don't, there'll be hell to pay.
1: So are you going to go with Highland Baptist?
0: No. And- no. No, no, no. That's VC's district. That's I love VC's Highland district. Baptist, by the way. I know the people down there. Yeah, yeah, we, we love them. We love them. They got the former longtime Nish head coaches down there. Now as the head coach. He will make them competitive they will be better, but VC is. is yeah, Look, like, it's the still cream the cream of the crop. Yeah,
1: they're the cream of the crop. You have just given people the district plan. That's what you've just done. Now, no,
0: no, we, we,
1: we, we have, did. we have. Now, in regards to that, Raymond, with these districts. <laughs> here it he comes. There were nine district champions. I mean, uh, state champions. Excuse me. I feel in looking back at that, three of those games in the select group were not competitive blowouts oh yeah blowouts yes okay the only competitive one was rumble and catholic which to me may no it doesn't make sense because they play each other almost anyway every year (laughs) it's either rumble or catholic or john curtis and rumble or something of that nature it's those three teams always in the mix how do you feel about this select versus non-select at Uh, this point well i i hate it
0: i've hated it from jump street i understand the reasoning behind it. I covered the Winfield Tigers when they lost to John Curtis inside the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Okay, I was working at the Town Talk at the time. And look, everyone across the state had pretty much said, okay, John Curtis and Evangel are going to dominate football. There's nothing that we can do about it. We're not happy about it, but there's nothing that we can do about it. And I tell this to people all the time. When they started dominating the other sports when it started bleeding over into baseball, into softball, women's basketball, women's basketball, all of a sudden, then all the principals got pissed off and were like, enough is enough. And we're done. I get it. I think it's the wrong decision. I think it sets a bad precedent with the kids. Look, you learn more in life. Just not in sports, but you learn more in life from your losses and your setbacks than you do from your victories and your achievements. You do. What spurs you and gives you the fuel to get those achievements and to reach those lofty goals is the things that you learn from losing and from falling short. Making it available where everyone can win a state championship is just di- diluted the product. I understand the hurt feelings, I understand the anger behind it, but for the what would be best for the state of Louisiana is if there wasn't a select and non-select. We all went back to just playing. The playoffs against like this this whole thing of not playing the best teams like how great would it be to see Neville and STM play for a state championship like it's just it's just that mindset or West Monroe Acadiana and John Curtis and Rummel. just those are the matchups we want those are the matchups that we deserve that's what it should be I've said that for the longest time but adults are making these decisions and adults are the ones that are acting like children. That are making these decisions and that's why we're we are where we're at right now
1: and the thing about it you brought up the great matchups who wouldn't want to see saint james play saint thomas more the exactly. battle of the saints once exactly. public once parochial who wouldn't want to see lca face a team like oak grove championship game so it goes back or, or, or just
0: just keep it district to, how, how, how great would it be to see LCA take on Welsh for a state championship. That's right. But they're in the same district. They play during the regular season, but they wouldn't play in the postseason. It just seems silly, ridiculous, and it's, it's gotten out of hand, and there's time for a change. Hopefully that'll come sooner than later.
1: Raymond, you're smarter than me when it comes to sports. Okay, <laughs> You've been covering sports. Town Talk, he's been all over the place. Oh, yes. Why can't? the private schools, cause this is the sticking point from what I understand. And you tell me if I'm wrong, why can't the private and parochial schools just say, look, we're not gonna get kids beyond this service area. Just like Karen Crow or Northside, can't get kids outside of a certain area without some sort of special permission. Why wouldn't the private and parochial say, look, we're not gonna get kids outside of this area only for sports of course if I have a private if I want to go to a private school and I live in Port Barry, and it's in Lafayette and I can get my child there that's my right to do that but if they're playing that's
0: sports, that's but 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 see that's the rub about it is that you can have your kid go there you can live in Karen Crow and you could have your kid go to Catholic High of New Iberia if you wanted to that's right okay so that's the problem and look don't let anyone fool you on this I've covered enough high school sports in my career. There's recruiting. The, the, the big knock about it is, well, the private schools have a, a, an advantage over us because they're able to recruit. Okay, let's say I buy that. I don't, but let's say I do. Well, I've seen public schools get busted for recruiting yes. over and over again. West Monroe, Bastrop come to mind immediately. Right. So it happens everywhere. Well, well, once again, it, it just set it aside. Just In the private schools, you know, they flirted about secreting their own organization. That would make it even worse. There's no way to prop up the other private schools, the smaller schools like your St. Mary's in Natchitoches or your Menard in Alexandria. What district are they going to play in? There's not enough other schools around them. Are you going to let non-Catholic schools in? There's beef with LCA with a lot of other schools throughout the state. Would they let them in? Where would they be? You know what? You wouldn't have this issue if you just reformed, came back together for the playoffs, Stop wasting our time, Stop having nine championship games. And just get it
1: together, come back together, and give it what you give us what we want. That's all we want. And I agree. That's all the people want. It's what I think everybody wants. And you know who really wants it? And they get left out the guys playing the game. The kids, the kids, the, the kids want it. If you ask any kid what they mind playing against any of those select schools or vice versa, I'm telling you, they'd say, I want to play them.
0: Because they're competitors and they want to go up against the best. That's it. Even at 16, 17, 18 years old. That's what they want to do. All right. need to switch gears. Let's switch gears. Let's talk about college. Yep. You work in the college system. Yes. You've worked at L S U E. Yes. Shout out Bengals. <laughs> For quite a long time. Are we going to have football in the fall? Are we going to have people in the stands at Tiger Stadium? Are we going to have people in the seats at Cajun Field? Is that going to happen?
1: Okay. This does not come from any reliable source other than my thoughts. I want to just preface that.
0: Disclaimer, Chad's thoughts and opinion does not represent lsu or the LSU system. Thank you. And a disclaimer. Continue. Thank
1: you. Thank you, Raymond. You're welcome. Now, there will be a football season, of course. There's no doubt about that. There will be a LSU football season. Who's going to go see those games? May be different than the past. Yeah. I don't know if you've been keeping up with ticket prices to college games. They are skyrocketing. And I think at least the NFL games are definitely skyrocketing. And I think what's happening... Oh,
0: I looked into prices to go to the Vegas game for the Saints versus the Raiders, and I was like, nah, bro, I'm good.
1: <laughs> and, and I think what's happening are these organizations are preparing for limited seating. So what do you do if you have limited people in your stadium? You raise the prices of everything to cover for the lack of people in your stadium. You've got to think of the monstrosity that is college football, beverages, Parking, suites, so many things involved with that. And if you have a reduction of people, prices just naturally are going to rise. And a so place like LSU
0: funds the other athletic programs there. Yes. And they do that, A, with the TV, the television contracts that the leagues have, in particular, in this case, the SEC. The other issue, though, is How are you going to fund those other sports if you can't have packed capacity? And the other thing is, we, we 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 talk about this in terms of, well, if they allow us, you know, I'm not so sold on the fact. And talking to people and talking to diehard people that will travel, they go and travel for games for LSU season ticket holders. They still have trepidation of even going if they're allowed. Yes. Because of COVID-19. Yes. So that's going to be interesting to see how that handles. If any conference is going to put on a show, if any conference is going to try to have the maximum uh capacity of fans, it's going to be the Southeastern Conference. Let's just be real for a second. Yep. That's what they do. Yep. Football over everything. They haven't even canceled their media days and made them virtual yet. Okay? That's oh because they're I trying to figure did, out a way. So they haven't done that? No, they haven't done it. The ACC, SEC, and Big Ten have yet to do it. All the other... FBS uh conferences have SEC's like nah man we good it, Greg Sankey even had a virtual call conference call last week and he was like well we're not going to rule it out so that tells me that they're trying to have it so okay. it, it look we we joke about it it just means more right for the SEC it's it's a recurring joke but how is that going to be done and here's the other thing you, you just you just talk about inside the stadium you go to LSU or Cajun Field how are you going to handle tailgating Are there going to be, because of social distancing guidelines, are you going to allow tailgating at the stadium at all? And if you do that, how much is that going to affect people even wanting to come to your game if they can't set up their camper and tailgate and make a gumbo and make a jambalaya and drink beer all day before an LSU game or before a Raging Cajuns game? No one's really talking about about that. We talk about inside the stadium. What about the party that goes on outside the stadium throughout the southern United States on Saturdays in the fall? Ah, yeah, what I'm saying, we could be walking. I could be parking and walking into Tiger Stadium to cover a game and not see any campers. It could be a quiet campus, and that's going to be bizarre, bizarre.
1: Look, I was listening to Dana White, of course, president, owner of UFC, and he was talking about getting fans, media, to sign a waiver. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my goodness, we're going to waivers based on risk assessment. And so that could be something that if you purchase tickets or your media passes, you may have to sign off. I mean, that's just something Dana White said. Or or take a test. Or take a
0: test. Or you could be tested. I mean, look, this is such going to be a fluid situation. Yeah, the, the, some of the sports have already started to come back. NASCAR in a limited capacity in a very creative way. They're doing it. PGA Tour is up next. Major League Baseball is trying to figure out a way. The NBA is trying to figure out a way to salvage its season, which it looks immensely difficult. The NFL, though, look, and I've said this before over and over again. The NFL does not care. The NFL has not one, not two, not three, but four different billion-dollar television contracts. It doesn't need fans to make a profit for its teams because the majority of the revenue right. is generated through the television contracts. Right. So you can have NFL games with no fans or in the case of the Miami Dolphins proposal only 15,000, right, in their 65,000 seat stadium at Hard Rock Stadium. Right. College is different. It's the lifeblood. These football games are the lifeblood for the athletic departments for their funding, not only for fundraising but for actual funding of everything else. You saw the Sports Illustrated story a few weeks ago where they talk to athletic directors off the record and presidents, and they're like, if we don't have football in the fall, we're we're screwed. screwed. We're screwed. We're screwed. We're screwed. And you're already seeing it. Furman just this earlier this week canceled, has discontinued its baseball program. You're starting to see other schools. MAC has already uh, canceled a lot of its other conference tournaments just for years. Football funds everything. If football is going to be affected in the fall, not to be a Debbie Downer here, It could have ripple effects for years in the collegiate sports world. But we're going to try to be positive. I think we're going to have football. I think we're going to have college football. I think it's going to be you're going to have at maybe the beginning regulation of fans. Maybe you don't have those non-conference games. Maybe we don't have as many. Maybe it's only a conference slate. But we're going to have football in the fall. We're, we're, We're going to. I believe that, yes. It may not be what you experienced just 365 days ago come fall it'll be different but I think we're gonna have
1: I do I think we're gonna have football and of course everything is speculation right now we don't know what's gonna happen in the future but I do believe we're gonna have football it's just weird to think of social distancing in Tiger Stadium what would you say Raymond social distancing in Tiger Stadium would mean every other seat about six feet apart and probably every two seats every two probably so that means a stadium that holds right at 104,000 people would have less than fifty thousand people. in Think about that. That's unbelievable, and that's a major financial hit.
0: It's a huge. It's going to be a huge financial hit. But let's say positive. Let's not dwell on the negative. We're both positive people. We're both glass half full kind of fellas. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Let's well, talk about college football champs LSU. Well, Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. And he, he's saying that because he helped them win one as because he is that Chad Jones. <laughs> so let's talk about a thing that I love and that I can't wait to experience again. We're talking about, will football come back for high school? Will it come back for college? Intro music, man. It's part of the fabric of sports, high school, or college, or NFL. Tell me, let, let's talk about the intro music. When I, when I think of intro music, I think... Mariano Rivera inner sandman coming out of the bullpen blaring at old Yankee Stadium even though I'm not a Yankees fan I think about that you have some ones that really come to mind as well that you think of that you just identify with great well it could be walk up music or it could just be intro music whatever
1: it might be well I'm old school as you know you're you're that that means you're old yeah there you go so <laughs> As growing up in my generation, and Kevin Foote can relate to this as well. We would watch the wrestling, not wrestling, the wrestling. It's called wrestling. It's wrestling. If you watched Mid-South, it's it, called wrestling. It's wrestling. There you go. And there was a group, a family, a franchise of wrestling called the Von Erics. For those people unfamiliar with wrestling, wrestling. The most Look cursed
0: up. wrestling family in history. Yes, they all died except for one. I'm glad I'm glad. Let's, let's be positive, Chad. Let's talk about the cursed wrestling family, the Von Erics. Shout out they to Mrs.
1: Tornado. They had the best walk-up music, and I hear this song in my head all the time. Ted Nugent, Stranglehold. If, if you want to get pumped up before an event, listen to Ted Nugent's Stranglehold. The intro to that song is amazing to me. And then the next pump-up song that we walked out of our locker rooms with was Eye of the Tiger. That's my top two, 1A and 1A.
0: Who knew that the Portbury legend was jamming to Ted Nugent and Survivor? Eye of the Tiger, of course, is out there, of course, of course. Inner Sandman's also played at Votek. We talked about it before we started the podcast. It's become a tradition there. I just, you know, you 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 look at it. I always think of Mariano R- Rivera there with Inner Sandman. But yeah, I'm 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 on a detour. Something for you. I Baseball seasons. Here we go ahead.
1: If if you're if it's an individual sport like boxing, LL Cool J. Mama said knock you out. Of course, of course. You know what I hate? You know what I hate? Tell me what you hate.
0: At baseball games. John Fogarty's Put Me In Coach. I despise that song. And people go, how can you hate that song? And I go, I'm going to tell you why I hate that song. First of all, it's a whiny-ass song. Coach, put me in. Maybe your ass is on the bench for a reason because you're not good enough to be put in the game. First of all. Second of all. It's a song that Kenny Loggins would have looked at and went, I'm going to pass because that doesn't even live up to the Kenny Loggins standard of hit making cheesy songs of the 80s. And John Fogerty, you were in CCR. You did Fortunate Son. Do you, did, oh, oh, oh. So many great lyrics. He was a lyricist, a great songwriter. And he puts that cash grab crap. Every time it gets played at a game, I just cringe and just grind my teeth. And people go, what's wrong with you? I go, I hate that song.
1: A RP3 rant. You cannot get through a segment without an RP3 rant. You know, dude, you ought to copyright these rants.
0: (laughs) I appreciate that.
1: I am telling you, these rants are classic. (laughs) But he's right about that song. Oh, At baseball it's so, games. It's, so it's terrible. It's it's, it's, it's it's Charles Barkley. It's so, terrible.
0: It's terrible. <laughs> All right. Something that brings out the emotions in both of us. Yes. Sports movies. A great sports movie can make you cheer. A great sports movie can also make you cry. Tell me about your favorite sports movies. The ones that tear you up every single time you watch them. And you got to hold back the tears and you got to do the classic thing where you pretend pretending like you're wiping your glasses or you're tearing your head and you pretend like you're coughing, but you're really trying to not be uh, seen or crying like a, uh, like a big old baby.
1: Yeah, especially in front of your lady, you know, you're watching a movie with her and then, you know, your eyes get kind of glassy and like she's looking over at you and you're like, I need some water and you get up and go walk. So this movie to me is it's just classic. About spirit, confidence, miracle. That is a really good movie. Miracle, for those who have not seen that, Miracle, Kurt Russell. I mean, what accent was that? I still haven't figured out what accent <laughs> he was using in Miracle. It wasn't,
0: it wasn't the it wasn't the uh his attempt at that that accent was a little shaky. It wasn't Nicolas Cage Southern shaky. But it was still, or Kevin Costner, Southern Shaky, but it was still a little shaky.
1: It was shaky. But if that locker room scene, right before they go out and play the Russians, this is the 1980 Olympics, Russia, just let me say how to describe it. Russia was more powerful than five Andre the Giants at this time, okay, to go back to wrestling. So the Russians, I think, had won the hockey champion, the Olympic championship, like, Five Olympics or six Olympics in a row or something of that nature. And America had no chance. Watch, miracle. And, of course, it's not necessarily sports, but it is sports. It's boxing. Rocky. Rocky one and two. I mean, who can't shoot for Sylvester Stallone?
0: (laughs) Come on. (laughs) I was not ready for the Slice Stallone impression that you just did, that you just knocked out. You're talking about, like, ones that are, are emotional. That tear jerker, so to speak, for me. Field of Dreams yes. at the very end. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Field of Dreams, what the hell are you doing with your life? Second of all, when he plays catch with his dad, I lose it every single time. I yep. can't help it. I just do every single time. I lose it because of that moment. And I'll give you another one. I'll stick on baseball. A league of their own gets me every really? single time. When when she goes, when Dot goes, to the Hall of Fame exhibit in Cooperstown, right, right. and she sees the photo of Jimmy, who has since passed. Yeah. And you yeah. find out that he's that he's passed, and she just looks up at it. and And for whatever every time, I'm like, oh no, I just have to maintain. I'm like, oh man, oh man. It's just the baseball ones that that always that Folks, not always. This
1: get is hit. hard to process of hearing him say, oh no, because for those who don't know, RP three, this dude is big. This dude. RB three is like six, four,
0: three, three bills. Yes. Six, four, three bills. So we'll just leave it at three bills. Uh, um, I'm, I'm trying to get under three bills again. He's the Suge Knight of radio. <laughs> the Suge Knight of radio. He says, I like that. I like that. I'll, I'll take that. But no, man, it's, it's, sometimes movies just catch you, especially uh, a really great sports movie. I'll just catch you. In a, a, a certain way, you'll just you, you, you'll just hit it a certain way. And you'll be like, wow, wow, that that, that just kind of hits hits home, so to speak. But you didn't say which ones teared you up. You said which ones were great, but which ones are the tear jerkers for you? Which ones do you watch and you have to cover your
1: face? I will go back to Miracle Miracle because so many people doubted them. Now, you might laugh at this one. The Mighty Ducks. The Mighty Ducks, the scene where he builds the confidence in the guy who was the goalie. They were pummeling him with those hockey pucks. And he built up, it was more, it wasn't just about sports there. It was about character, confidence. And that's what Emilio Estevez did for the Mighty Ducks. And so that does kind of tear up when you see, especially dealing with teenagers, kids, and how he made them believe in themselves. And today we have so many kids who don't believe in themselves. And to have him do that in the Mighty Ducks, it was awesome.
0: There we go. There we go. Mighty Ducks. I was not expecting Ted Nugent reference. I was not expecting Emilio Estevez shot out on this episode of the Rap Game Podcast. But it's happened. And now we're just going to accept it. And we're just going to live with it. Now, I know you followed around with our Movie Mania bracket that we did. While we were yeah. having to do our shows remotely from the house and we had it going on as an NCAA tournament style. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm going to vent a little bit here.
1: Give it to me. Oh, man.
0: The people, the way they voted.
1: Who won? I don't even know who won in the end.
0: Rocky won. <gasps> it beat the Sandlot who went in. And, like, we did the seating process. And the next time we do it, I'm going to have to have you involved because.
1: Was it was it? Bull Dur- was it slanted? Bull
0: Durham didn't make a run. Well, we had younger people of the committee here at uh, 1037 the game.
1: You gotta have a balance.
0: I didn't have enough people over the age of 40 yep. that were helping put together the ballot. So I had me and I was like, oh man, this is gonna be a slam dunk. Boom, boom, boom. And then I get the results and I was like, Bull Durham's a six seed? Like, what what what's Ooh. going on here?
1: Bull Durham was sick. They need to be at least.
0: Caddyshack a five. was like a five. I was oh. just like, I was like, what's going on? So Definitely need some perspective there. Favorite sports movie of all time? is For you, it's Rocky?
1: Rocky. i go Rocky 1. Rocky 1 because it was just so raw. It was real. And he loses. And, and he, he loses. loses. And he loses. That's the thing about Rocky 1. He lost.
0: That made it far more poetic. Yes. For me, my favorite sports movie of all time is Bull Durham. It's the most authentic... It's about the minor leagues. Susan Sarandon and Kevin Costner are great in it. Tim Robbins is great in it. It captures minor league baseball. It captures that culture. It's just, it, it's my favorite. Not only is it my favorite baseball movie, it's my favorite sports movie. And then right behind that is going to be Field of Dreams. It's going to be White Man Can't Jump. It's going to be Hoosiers. It's going to be Rocky. It's going to be raging bull which i know can be depressing but it's it is phenomenal and it it goes from it it goes from there but yeah sports movies man great i've been watching a lot of them during COVID 19 brother i don't know about you
1: that's all we have to do now i haven't watched this show that's on netflix it's called all american i heard it's awesome and i've gotten a lot of uh Feedback about it. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but that's. I have I'm
0: not gonna. seen it. The last show I watched, series I watched on the Netflix was, of course, The Tiger King. I mean, can we take a moment to shout out Tiger King? Just I, you're dying. You, you can't even talk in the microphone right
1: Tiger now. Tiger King is like the crack of 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 these shows that came out during this pandemic. It I can't was, get away from Tiger King. If, what is the deal if, with Tiger King? If
0: 2020 could be encompassed by represented by one form of entertainment i know everyone's going to say the last dance it was great don't get me wrong i watched it i i loved it as well but it has to be the tiger king because 2020 has been a bit of a dumpster fire and when you watch tiger king you're like are these people real is this really happening yes and it is eye-opening it is just it's jerry springer meets the kardashians with tigers involved it is an absolute beautifully done dumpster fire train wreck of a reality docu-series I've ever seen. Absolutely phenomenal. You have to make sure to put it in your queue and watch Tiger yep. King. That way we can discuss it. We'll wrap it up this episode of the rap game podcast. Thoughts on the last dance, brother. It just wrapped up on Sunday. What did you make of the docu-series by ESPN on Michael Jordan, and the bulls?
1: I, I thought it was very good. I did learn some things that, You know, I didn't realize how powerful Michael Jordan was. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know that may sound like an oxymoron. But within the organization, Michael Jordan got the last laugh at everybody. I mean, that's the thing that he just was. If you did something to Michael Jordan, he never let it go. He never let it go.
0: He made up stuff. He made up stuff. He he did. It wasn't even
1: real. He just made it up. He just made it up right and so he was like mafia style type guy Michael the, Jordan and I didn't realize how deep he was into that but I'm a the ending of it I wanted a little more it's like it it didn't answer the burning question with all the power that Michael Jordan had
0: why is he a terrible general manager thank you and why can't for a guy who's so competitive for a guy who's Pushes himself to the limit and pushes his teammates to the limit. It sure does feel like he does not push his own people and his organization to the limit. He does not, he's not a good talent evaluator, that's for sure. And he just puts together rosters of just mediocre players. It feels like there's too many yes men around him with his front office duties. If he had the same mentality he did as a player running a front office, they would be great. He would be Jerry West but he's just the greatest player of all time. And we're assuming
1: you know this, but Michael Jordan is the owner, part owner of the Charlotte, uh, what are they now, the Bobcats?
0: Bobcats, Hornets.
1: They go back and forth. Perennial
0: eighth seed in the Eastern Conference with a losing record, whatever they are.
1: And it's just, and I know it was about that Bulls team, so they didn't want to go much into the life after the Bulls of Michael Jordan, but I just would have wanted a little bit, because although it was about the Bulls, it was really about Michael Jordan.
0: But I did like how they put the spotlight on Scotty and Steve Kerr and Rodman. Was there anyone more of a legend? Was there anyone that lived the 1990s better than Dennis Rodman? Oh, my God. Five championships. I love my favorite part of the recent one is that he skips out on practice, skips out on media to go wrestle Diamond Dallas Page. Wrestling. Hit him over the head with a steel chair, then comes back. Gets about a bazillion rebounds and sinks free throws late to win the game. Oh, and by the way, he was with Carmen Electra at the time. Was anyone winning more than Jordan? It, name me one person that was living life better than Dennis Rodman in the mid-90s.
1: And and, and what was weird about it, the, re, the interaction between Jordan and Rodman, it's almost like Jordan didn't really care what Rodman did, as long as he showed up and did his job, because in that segment, he was calling him Rodzilla. He was making fun of the fact. that
0: Phil was trying to get after yes. him at the practice, <laughs> and, 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 Jordan George, and Jordan just stopped and was like, what's up, Rodzilla? Like, he just didn't care. <laughs> he didn't care. Because they knew Dennis, as soon as he stepped into the building, yep. he was going to give more effort than anyone else, not named Michael Jordan. Yep, They knew that.
1: Now, I know we're coming to the end, but we cannot end a segment Uh-oh. of the rap game. I'm doing an audible here. Uh-oh. Without talking about rap. <laughs> what is your favorite rap group of all time, my friend? Oh,
0: it's Wu-Tang Clan. And that 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 was easy. I, I need no hesitation. You said group. And you didn't say artist. I didn't we say could art. go solo. You said group. So it's Wu-Tang. Shout out to the clan. Shout out to Long Island. Gangstar. That's a duo. Ooh, I love DJ Premier. Gangstar. Gangstar. That's right. Okay. Wu-Tang, Gangstar. And then you're going to get into a lot of different affiliations. Ghetto Boys is there. UJ UGK is gonna be in there. Outcast. Outcast has to be in there. A lot of duos. So yeah, I mean that there you go. So Wu Tang, Gangstar, Outcast, Ghetto Boys, UGK.
1: Okay. I'll go with...
0: Shout out as well. You're going to say Run DMC because you're a little bit older than me. And that's what every guy that's a little bit older that was born in the early to mid-70s says. Run DMC. They started
1: all of this. You remember that, Raymond. Walk this way. Opened it up. They may have opened it up.
0: I love Run DMC. I respect them. But if you're asking me, born in 1978, who... Came up. Oh, and by the way, also it, it, Public Enemy and NWA need to be on that list as well.
1: Well, yes, yes.
0: First time my 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 mind was blown. Living in New Orleans, had a mixtape someone made for me. A buddy of mine named Thomas brought it to school. NWA on one side, Public Enemy on the other. Oh, you must L- have lost your mind. Oh, my life was changed forever. My mom just looked at me. She's like, "Well, he's gone now. He's done. He's done. He's done. He's done." But yes.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, yeah.
0: You, you look, Reverend Run. Yeah, I I get it. Run DMC. People I understand. know him
1: as Rev and Run. The kids today—that's all they see—is Rev and Run. But go back and look up Run DMC. Run DMC made rap a commodity. Just trust me on this. Anybody that's age forty and over, we know this. Would know. know Run DMC made rap. They did. Don't and get how me about wrong. and how about EPMD? Can we? I mean. Uh, well,
0: well, we, we, but that's we, from the Run DMC Tree. That's from the Run DMC Tree. That's from C3. the Run
1: DMC Tree. LL Cool J. Run DMC Tree. All of that. Don't
0: get me started on LL. Don't get me started on LL. The
1: ladies love Cool James.
0: The ladies do love Cool James, but he made the decision to make music nothing but for the ladies and forgot how to be an MC. And then he would go back over guys that drop tracks and then change their tracks and then talk about them behind their. And just stop. Just go be on NCIS and uh, host the. Uh, Beauty pageants, whatever he's doing now. All respect to, all respect to LL. He had some great songs and had some great records, but there was a point where LL was like, "I'm getting this money, and God bless him for it. I'm not going to knock the hustle." But yeah,
1: still. and he he quit being a lyricist. He did. He went he went for the money. And as far as going for the money, you and I don't go for the money. But I'm going to tell you one thing: you are money, RP3. Oh, beautiful! I want to thank, thank,
0: you. You thank you. Thank for you for
1: bringing me on. Finally, finally, finally. This was
0: supposed to be done two months ago, by the way. But then COVID happened, and I was like, well, we can't do the podcast. We're going to do it again. You can count on that, Chad. My brother from another mother. Thank you for coming on, my man.
1: Love them Port Bear Red Devils. Go get some books, Brent.
0: (laughs) Oh, man, that's going to do it for this episode of the Rap Game Podcast. Y'all be safe out there. Be kind to one another. We'll talk to you next time. Out.